Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Providence Journal presents Nick and Bob, the college basketball podcast for Rhode Island and around the nation with your hosts, Kevin McNamara and Bill Koch. Hello and welcome to the latest version of the Providence Journal's Pick and Pop podcast. Uh, We're here on Thursday morning after a a busy stretch of college basketball, both in Rhode Island and around the corner and uh, right around the corner on Saturday. Uh, is the annual PCURI game, and that's what we're going to spend the vast majority of today's podcast breaking down. Uh, again, this is Kevin McNamara here in Providence, and I have Bill Koch, fresh off a night in Kingston, and he's uh, here in Providence as well. Uh, Bill, good to see you as always. Kevin, a pleasure. Uh, we're going to go right into it. Uh, the latest game uh, I actually watched uh, this morning with my VCR, which is what is it? DVR, DVR, VCR. I guess whatever it is. But uh, I could stop, rewind, break it all down, and it was good. Uh, uh, I give Stone Freeman and his cohort. I don't know who the color man was last night, but uh, they did a good job. Stone does a very good job. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm referring to URI seventy one Brown fifty one. Uh, URI outscored Brown by 10 in both halves, which is kind of unique. A few highlights there. Uh, I I just didn't think Brown played all that well. Uh, Their two best players are certainly uh, two of their leading players need to be Desmond Cambridge and uh, Obi Akoli. And uh, Desmond was two for 11 from the field. Obi was one for six. And I can't say that it was because URI did a great defensive job on them. I, I thought Desmond especially really hurried his jump shots uh, from the three-point line, and he was 0 for 9 from the three. But, Bill, you covered the game for the Journal. Just just your breakdown of uh, what you saw out of Brown and how that uh, referenced uh, Rhode Island. Well, it was a, a step-up in class for Brown, certainly. Uh, Rhode Island was probably the biggest, most physical team that they've played to date. Uh, and I think that showed, especially inside. Cyril mm. uh, Angevine, career-high 19 points, one off his career-high with 17 rebounds, uh, his fourth straight double-double. Looks like the best player on Rhode Island's team uh, at this point, with, with all due respect to Jeff Doughton. Um, Cyril has been producing. There, there's no question about it. Uh, also, a breakout night for Jermaine Harris. Uh, he's a four-star recruit, a top-100 recruit, uh, and this is what you would expect him to look like. 15 points on a perfect 6-for-6 six six from the field. And, you know, it, fairly or unfairly, as we've said before, um, you know, they're going to need the freshmen mm. to step up and produce if, if they're going to win games. And, you know, Harris gave them that second scorer last night against the Bears. Well, and the stat that jumped out at me is funny. You just walked in the office and I said, well, I, I need a real box. You know, it's tough to go on the Internet and find a full box score, but you came in with, with the goods. And uh, it seemed to me that Rhode Island just dominated around the rim, and they certainly did. They, uh, they had 42 points in the paint, and that would be 21 field goals of their 26 field goals were in the paint, which is amazing. And as you said, 21 of 23 uh, two-pointers 
were in the paint. So that's just pounding Brown inside, and that's really what I saw. Langevin really looked like, he looked like Moses Maloney at 12 offensive rebounds. Yeah, they had 21 as a team, 22 second-chance points. Uh, they outscored Brown 22-4 to four on second chances, and you know, that's just a reflection of, of their size and strength up front. Uh, in terms of the way Rhode Island defended, Brown shot 30%, and I think you know, Rhodey did a good job specifically in two matchups. Uh, Fats Russell did a pretty good job on Brandon Anderson, mm. um, who only got to the line four times, and, and typically he's a guy who would go seven or eight times in a game. Uh, and then Cambridge had Christian Thompson on him, and you know Christian at six three, six four, a strong guy, a, a veteran guy, um, you know was on Cambridge on the catch a lot of the time. Didn't let him catch and shoot in rhythm, and you know I think that went a long way to that zero for nine from three that uh, Desmond put up. He'll have better nights, uh, but for this one, Rhodey coming off a loss to Stony Brook, this was the type of response that David Cox hoped to see. Yeah, you know, defensively, there's no question. They did a good job. Uh, what was interesting to me is if you look at the box or watch the game, um, you know, we've talked so much about their backcourt, Fats Russell and Jeff Doughton, that they have to be good. Well, they weren't good at all. They were a combined four for 23 from the field, 0 for 9 from the three. If you told me those two stats at 645 last night, I would say Rhode Island's got a real problem. And yet uh, they trumped that by big time uh, inside play by by Langevin and uh, and Harris. Uh, so now we're going to turn the calendar forward two days. Uh, I can't imagine that they're going to be able to be that effective inside against Providence. And it's interesting uh, you mentioned that uh, there was a big jump up in size and strength opponent for Brown. I think that's that's the same thing for Rhode Island. If you look at who they've played so far, they haven't played a team that's as big and strong as they are yet. I think that's an excellent point, Kevin. And, and I think you know Providence's front court, whether it be Nate Watson or, or Khalif Young, these are going to be different challenges for Langevin and, and Harris to face. Uh, and if you look at the perimeter shooting so far for URI, there's only one team in the country right now who's worse from three-point range. Wow. And that's Portland State. Uh, Rhode Island is 352 out of 353. They were three for 23 last night against Brown uh, and just really, really struggling from out there. And I think at this point, most of it is mental, Kevin. I mean, Fats Russell, again, was 0 for 7. Um you know, I saw him in pregame warm-up. I got to the Ryan Center at about 4.30 yesterday. He missed seven three-pointers in a row at one stretch, unguarded, hmm. open, uh, on the court with Jeff Doughton and, and assistant coach Ty Boswell. And I think he's a good shooter. If he's not at the top of Ed Cooley's scouting report, he's going to be really close. And, and this, is, you know, this is the difficult part of being a coach, and it's something that is a challenge for David Cox right away. Man management. What do you do with Russell in terms of, you know, if you tell him to reel it in, you're blunting his greatest strength, which is his confidence. Um, you know, you, you need to encourage him to try and shoot his way out of it, for better or for worse. Uh, also, there's not really much on the bench to go to at this point. And, you know, you're, you would be turning to freshmen, whether it be Omar Silverio or Tyrese Martin. They're not necessarily ready. Uh, and you could see last night, Jeff Doughton got two quick personal fouls in the first half. They were plus 27 with him on the floor and minus seven with him off the floor. They couldn't run offense. Well, it's interesting. I, I was just going to say uh, Doughton was limited to 24 minutes. Probably a blessing in disguise because uh, David Cox was able to play you know, more options in his backcourt. Uh, but it, it is deflating to see Tyrese Martin and Omar Silverio, two you know, freshmen who they really need, go a combined 0 for 11 from the, from the floor. So uh, 
we're going to uh, stop the URI breakdown of the Brown game a little bit there and just go back to Providence's win on Tuesday night and then uh, jump ahead to the matchup on Saturday. Sure. <clears throat> Providence uh, beat Fairleigh Dickinson on Tuesday night, 69-59, uh, and really didn't play well at all. And Ed Cooley was outspoken about that after the game. Uh you know, kind of just just a funny night. You know, eight thirty tips against uh, a low major opponent. Not a lot of buzz in, in the house. Uh, the announced attendance was was basically forty eight hundred, which is they won't have anything close to uh, that type of a crowd the rest of the season. Uh, and, and they just never really played well, uh, with the exception of Alpha Diallo, who's continu- continuing just a big time season. He had twenty points and nine rebounds. Um, but very similar to Rhode Island last night, they, they just beat up on FDU around the rim. Took advantage of their size and strength. They had uh, twenty of their twenty five field goals in the paint. And again, that's not the way that Providence necessarily wants to play. They, they do have some pretty good shooters. They were 3 for 13 from the three-point line. Um, Ed Cooley played some very you know bizarre lineups that uh, fans haven't seen yet this year. It was, it was just a really strange night. I don't know if you had a chance to see much of it, Bill. I did. Uh, you know, Alpha Diallo obviously was great again, 20 points and nine rebounds, and you know, they, they needed every bit of it uh, because he was the only guy who looked like he had any sort of sharpness. Uh, Isaiah Jackson gave them some good minutes off the bench. Uh, you know, had 11 points, five rebounds, four assists. I, I thought he played a decent all-around game. Uh, and this was the best we've seen from Makai Ashton-Lankford yes. as well. Uh, you know, obviously Malik White was out with a stomach bug, I, I think Ed Cooley said after the game. And, uh, you know, Makai came through with 10 points uh, and seven rebounds for the little guy, which, uh, yep. you know. Oh, sorry, no, no, I'm reading that wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading that wrong. He had six points. Um, and three, three assists. assists, which is and, really and most two, important. And two steals. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, so he was out there. He was active. Uh, you know, probably the best game that he's played so far this season. He's seen limited minutes behind Malik White. Uh, you know, but you're right. You know, Providence sort of played down to the level of competition. Fairly Dickinson has picked second in their league, but you know, isn't in, in Providence's class. Uh, you know, and Providence played the game almost like they were looking ahead to mm-hmm. something bigger, which will be Saturday and it will be a sellout at the dunk and you know, a, a real occasion on the schedule. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, the takeaways that I had from the FDU game going into Rhode Island is, you know, Providence, they either took a minor step back with a win, which is tough to do. A win is a win. Um, but coming off Iona with it, where they played pretty well, especially offensively, scoring over 80 points, to only get 69 points against FDU uh, and, and you know, really not play all that well um, – is an issue, but I think Ed Cooley was more upset with allowing 40 points in the second half uh, against an FDU team that, to put it into perspective, I think opening night they lost to Rutgers by 30-plus. So th- th- this is a, a pretty good Northeast Conference team, but it's not a team that you should only you know beat by 10 on your home court. Uh, so I... I think if they had rambled through FDU, they really would have went into Saturday with an awful lot of confidence. Um, don't quite, you know, we're going to go up to see the Friars in a little bit and, and see where their, you know, mental makeup is right now. But, you know, it's it's tough to come off a game like that and say, you know, you know let's really t- take it to Rhode Island. Well, you know, Providence, similar to Rhode Island, is playing a lot of freshmen. Uh, obviously, David Duke and A.J. Reeves and Jimmy Nichols are getting a lot of time. And just by nature, they're going to be inconsistent. Right. Um, you know, none of them played particularly well in, in this game against FDU. Um, you know, and, and you know coaches as well as I do, Kevin. You, you've been around a lot of them. 
um, whether they win or whether they lose, they do like it when they have corrections to be made. Right. Uh, when they can watch the video and, and they can pick out some of the sore points. You know, maybe they see a, a pass that should have been made or a defensive rotation missed. Uh, you know, they like to sort of have that fuel in practice to nitpick. Uh, you know, if your team goes out and shoots 65% and only turns it over five times and wins by 40, there's not really much to say. Then you're then you're John Beeline. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, and and your players are going to look at each other all week and say, "Hey, we're pretty good." Right. Yeah, we could just roll the balls out and let's go play. We're we're going to do that again. Uh, and as you and I know, it's it's never that simple. Uh, you know, so maybe this gives Ed a, a little bit of ammunition for practice over the next couple of days, where you know he can get Providence back into focus for. You know, a game that's that's going to have some juice. Uh, you know, obviously, you mentioned the crowd uh, for Fairleigh Dickinson. It, it didn't come across very well on TV either. Uh, it sounded like a library in the dunk. Right. It will not sound like that on Saturday evening. No, no. Uh, you know, the game is a sellout. It's funny. I have an awful lot of people who, you know, stop texting. Okay, just just stop texting. <laughs> Me too. I, I have no tickets. I'm not going to ask anybody for any tickets. There really aren't many tickets around. Uh, this game has been sold out for a while. Providence and URI, for that matter, I, I think I did a story at the start of the season, uh, are both well ahead of their previous, you know, last 15 years of ticket sales. And uh, this game and, and the Villanova game are, are Providence's two toughest tickets uh, all season. So there's no tickets. So uh, go on the secondary market. Uh, call your friend. Don't call me. Well, and, and this is what happens when you're good. And, you know, obviously Providence has made five straight NCAAs and Rhodey has made two straight. And you know, this is the time where you like to see this game played. This is a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's not fun when, when both teams are sort of middling, struggling, not really going anywhere. Um, you know, last year's game at the Ryan Center, I don't know if I've been in many better atmospheres than, than that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating with Providence coming off a loss in this game last season, I'm anticipating something similar to that at the dunk, the, the Friars version of, you know, what that atmosphere is going to be. And, you know, as a writer and someone who really doesn't care who wins, roots for the occasion, uh, you couldn't ask for anything better. No, it's funny. Uh, you, I watch a lot of games, needless to say, and this time of year, with the exception of you know, a Duke game or, you know, last night was, you know, North Carolina and Michigan, you know, really high-end inter-conference, inter non-conference games where you see big crowds. You don't see that this time of year. Right. You know, it's usually tune-ups or, you know, half-filled crowds. Uh, this will be a game with some atmosphere. So, But enough of that. Let, let's break. Let's get into it a little bit. Sure. Um, I like to say, what does Rhode Island need to do to win the game? And the flip side is, what does Providence need to do to win the game? And you know, we'll be creative here, and uh, I'll have you take the Friars. What do you think the Friars need to do to uh, to get by Rhode Island? Well, I, I think just you know what Providence I expect is you know they'll probably play a zone. Um, uh, uh, I can't disagree more. They should play a zone. You think they'll play man? Well, it, it's funny. Ed Cooley the other night. I, I, I wouldn't say took FDU lightly, but in the post game when he says I, I never thought the game was in jeopardy. I think he probably took FDU lightly. Sure. So and and played some guys who haven't played really real minutes all season. So talk about an opportunity to maybe work on your zone. Not one possession the whole game. Now, I look at the numbers and I see Rhode Island even in a twenty point win was three for twenty three from the three point line, and that's been the season long. And uh, Freeman Williams 
is doesn't play for Portland State, and if he did, I guess Rhode Island would be the worst three point shooting team in the country. That's, that's right. Now that's a name from the past. I know you know who Freeman Williams is, but uh, he was a big time player back in the day for Portland State. But um, I don't think he's going to play much though. See, I think he will, and and I just think he didn't want to show it necessarily. Ooh, he was uh, being crafty. Didn't didn't necessarily want to give Rhode Island a, a full game tape of of zone. I just I look at Providence's lineup, and you know if you go Duke Reeves Diallo. Nichols, Watson, that length just shrinks the court and, and doesn't allow you to get the ball inside. Uh, and if Rhodey is going to be this bad from the perimeter, uh, I see no reason why you wouldn't sit there, pack it in, challenge Rhode Island to make some jump shots. Uh, you know, I also think that in, in Providence's case, uh, you know, you need Diallo to be the best player on the floor. You cannot allow Jeff Doughton to be the best player on the floor. And, and I think... You know, if I was Ed Cooley and I was going to play man for some possessions, uh, I'd try to rotate bodies on Jeff because I, I think this is a game where if he's not in foul trouble, he's going to have to play 37, 38 minutes. Uh, and I would like to see, you know, maybe David Duke take his turn and Malik White take his turn and, you know, maybe even A.J. Reeves take his turn. But, you know, just run fresh bodies at Jeff Doughton. You want to cut off the head of the snake. I think that's the guy who you need to focus on. Um, and you just allow your, your big guys to help onto Cyril Langevin. You should double-team him on the catch. He's not necessarily a great passer in the post. Uh, you know, Don't let him bully you on the offensive glass. You, you need to be sure to account for him uh, in the paint. And I, I think if, Rhode, if uh, Providence is able to do those things, uh, the rest will take care of itself. I, I don't necessarily expect either team to score that much in this game, but I certainly think that Providence could win a game you know, in the 50s, in the 60s. I, I think they'd be comfortable doing that. So I'm going to take Rhode Island. Um, it's interesting because coming into last night, I, I really thought Brown had a chance to surprise URI because they had struggled so much offensively, r- really the entire season. And to their credit, they got 71 points. Uh, and as we discussed already, that was really just because of domination around the rim and in the lane by Langevin and Harris. So the question is, is how can they get to 60, 65 points, right. uh, 70 points uh, against Providence? And uh, again, Providence defensively has been very inconsistent. Uh, I think that the name of the game is the three-point line. Uh, they need Doughton and Fats Russell to finally make some three-point shots. If they don't, I just can't imagine that Rhode Island can score enough points to win the game. Right uh, now, you would say, "Well, geez, you know that hasn't happened all season." Uh, I know that Ed Cooley is sleeping the last couple nights, and he has Fats flashbacks. Uh, and you can discuss how dynamic Fats Russell was in the game last year. Uh, there's no carryover in college basketball. If if anything. Uh, you know, it is a certainty uh, there's no carryover in college basketball from one year to the next. This URI team doesn't resemble last year's in any way, shape, or form. Uh, style of play, different coach, obviously. Uh, seasoning, it just jumps out at you when you watch Rhode Island that they're a totally different outfit. Right. Uh, so I don't expect Fats Russell to get 14 points in eight minutes uh, in the first half on Saturday. Yeah. If he does, I really like Rhode Island's chances to win. Yeah, as you've said before, Kevin, and I think you know you were one of the first people that I spoke with who jumped on this last year. He is a momentum player, and right now his momentum is going in the wrong direction. Uh, you know, and and that's definitely the type of guy who who can light a spark under a whole team. We we've seen him do it. 
you know, I don't know how many times. Uh, you know, and obviously they're they're going to need something from someone. He he's probably the most likely guy to do it. Uh, you know, Rhode Island hasn't won this game at the Dunkin' Donuts Center since the 2002-03 season. That was a 73-71 win, and you had a lightning rod player on that team as well in Dustin Halenga, who, mm-hmm. you know, as you saw at least a couple times in his career, um, pretty much willed and, and powered Rhode Island to wins over Providence. Uh, you know, he was excellent in a couple of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a long time. And, and you would have thought that the last time Rhode Island came up to the dunk that they would have had a chance to win. Uh, Jalen Lindsay made that famous no-no-yes shot uh, with about a minute to go, uh, which, which yeah. made the difference. Yeah. Um, you know, but this isn't necessarily the same sort of Rhode Island team that that was. That team had Hassan Martin and Karan Iverson, who were veterans, had Jared Terrell, had E.C. Matthews, had Jarvis Garrett. Um, you know, these guys don't necessarily have that sort of experience, those veteran hands, that depth. Uh, and you wonder how they might react to this atmosphere because for a lot of them, this will be their first time playing in front of this many people. No, that, that's my number one concern for Rhode Island is, is uh, you know, my inexperience, uh, not only in youth, but also, again, they haven't played against that type of team yet this, this year with that type of size, uh, uh, depth, uh, versatility. And, you know, that jumps out at you in a college basketball. You, you, when you take a step up in talent, Providence uh, did that, you know, last week at the Hall of Fame Classic. Even South Carolina was big and strong. Uh, Michigan was, well, one of the top ten teams in the country. And within two, three possessions, you're like, whoa, okay, this is a different level game. And I think yeah. Rhode Island will see that right away on Saturday. <clears throat> Excuse me, and how quickly they adjust to that uh, is really important. And again, I think their issues are more offensive than defensive. I, I think they'll battle. Um, you know, they can be aggressive inside. Obviously, with with Langevin, Harris needs to play really well. But uh, they need Russell and Doughton to shoot the ball well, or, or else uh, I just don't see them uh, being able to keep pace with Providence. No, I, I agree with that. And I think uh, you know, that's going to make the first five minutes of the game probably the most important five, uh, you know, only because those guys need to see the ball go through the net. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Doughton's had a couple games where he's been really good this year. Um, you know, obviously, in the, the win over Harvard, he had 31 points and, you know, w- was dominant in, mm-hmm. in that game. He was 13 for 19 from the field. Um, we haven't seen anything like that from Fats Russell yet. And I just think his role is so expanded on this team. He's not energy off the bench now. He's someone who's in the starting lineup, who's toward the top of the scouting report, who's going to be relied upon to score points if this team wants to beat anyone. And I think he, he's feeling that a little bit. I, I think you can see it. Mm. Um, he, he, he needs to improve his shot selection, number it's, one. It's, it's a major adjustment for him as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, we talk about freshmen trying to come in and, and adjust to the size and speed and, and, you know, sort of tempo and atmosphere of, of games that they're playing in. It's the first time that they've seen it. Even for Rhode Island's veterans, they're all playing different roles now, whether it be Jeff Doughton, they're asking him to score a little bit more. He doesn't have a Jarvis Garrett to come off the bench and, and spell him as the point guard. Uh, you know, Fats Russell, they've looked and said, we need you to score, whether you like it or not. Uh, and, and they're going to have to play him, whether they like it or not. Christian Thompson, really important player. You know, probably, you know, if he's not their best uh, guard defender, he'll probably see an awful lot of uh, Alpha Diallo. You know, that, that's, and that's a difficult matchup for Christian Thompson. But he, someone has to draw it. You know, and in Christian's case, uh, he made all three of Rhode Island's three-pointers. Mm-hmm. 
uh, against Brown. He was three for eight. His teammates were zero for fifteen. Hmm. Um, you know, so you'd like to see him maybe get a couple open shots and, and have them go down. Maybe he could be a guy uh, who could make a couple shots. He did in his freshman year against Providence. Uh, in the first half, he made three three pointers in that game at the Ryan Center. Um, you know, so that's he's played in this game. He knows what it's about. Doughton has as well. Russell obviously had a great debut last year. Um, this is going to be one of those nights where those three guys and Langevin all need to play well for Rhode Island to have a chance to win. And long minutes and stay out of foul trouble. And when you're on the road, it's difficult. So uh, we got to go. We got we to break down the DVD, you know, mm-hmm. uh, VCR, whatever you got. <laughs> DVR uh, wh- is what you're wh- looking for. Whatever. What, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what do you think the spread's going to be? You know, we, we're, we live in Rhode Island now. We, we can't go to Twin River and bet on the game, but we can certainly uh, have a little guess on what, the, what Vegas will say about the game. And we, obviously the, the lines don't come out until uh, Friday afternoon. I'm, I'm going to go to uh, our good friend, KenPalm.com, uh, because generally the Vegas spreads sort of mirror the computer projections these days. They, they don't like to vary too much. Um, Ken Palm predicts a 73-65 Providence win. Um, so the spread, I would imagine, is going to be anywhere between seven and nine points, give or take. Well, I wish I threw out my guess before you said that because I was going to say seven, seven and a half. So that sounds about right. And uh, You sound ready for Twin River, sir. Well, I, but I, no Friars and no Rams. It's not possible. No, but you got other games on the board. That's what I hear. College basketball is available at Twin River, folks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're feeling lucky, and uh, I'll give you a tip. The NFL and the college football, the, the, the wags out in Vegas, they know their stuff with the NFL and college football. They That's all they think about for months and months and months. College basketball... They're not up to speed yet. They didn't build those casinos by losing, did they? On football. That's right. Especially. No uh, way. They get it done with uh, with pro and college football. Just a, a general gambling tip for, for those who might yeah. try their luck at Twitter. I love River. that we can do this. Only because we, you know it's now legal. It is legal. Yeah. Uh, always go against the money. If you've got five or six buddies who all want to bet on one team, let them bet on one team and you bet on the other. Can you imagine how many people are going to rush to Twin River in the last couple of days and leading up to Sunday and bet the Patriots just because you know they like Tom Brady? That's the thing. Yeah, Everyone's going to bet the favorite. If it gets out there like 70, 75% against one team, bet on the other team. Interestingly, the opening line was seven New England. Now it's five. So maybe in Rhode Island the money's coming in on the Pats, but maybe elsewhere it's not. That means everyone is hammering the Vikings, which means you should bet the Patriots. Okay, I'll go up today? Yeah. Okay, well, maybe I will. We'll see. Bill, uh, we'll have the full coverage of PCURI game in uh, Sunday's journal and uh, certainly on Projo.com. Looking forward to it as usual. Yeah, very much so. This podcast is a production of the Providence Journal, online at ProvidenceJournal.com.